What's up, Browns fans? This is Snacko from Miamisburg, Ohio. If you want some good Browns therapy for your head, and if you wanted the best, here is the best. The Dogs Podcast. Let's do it. Do it. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast, a.k.a. the best, according to our, our friend Snacko. Thanks Snacko. for that awesome intro. If you want to get your intro on the show, head to thedogspodcast.com, tap leave voicemail on the drop-down menu. Uh, you can drop an intro or you can just drop a voicemail. We'll get to it, uh, talk about it on the episode. So if you want to share your thoughts, make sure you do that. Uh, we got... Mad Dog Awards today, as you can see, hey, we're dressed hey. for success. Yeah, we just didn't decide to just come in here and look stupid as hell see, today. It's, it's the big award show, baby. The lights are bright. It's award right. season. It's And you don't dress for the job you have. You dress for the job you want. Right. I'm so not right. really sure what job we're looking for here. I dressed for uh, myself a year ago, so... <laughs> uh, <laughs> So before we get into the Mad Dog Awards, plus we got a bunch of other stuff we want to talk uh, about before we get to that, including a little bit about the Cavs for all you Cavs fans out there. Uh, remember to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Make sure you tap that notification bell so you never miss a new episode. Uh, you can also find us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Spotify for now until they try to kick us off, probably. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you prefer to just listen to the podcast, you'll find us right under Joe rogan he's one or two i think so if we're, if we're any more offensive toward baker mayfield we're getting booted is that what correct is that what's going on It'll oh. be, we'll be labeled misinformation <laughs> uh so you know i digress uh <laughs> lastly if you're looking for more of this kind of content head to join the dogs.com become an official dog pack member on the after hours or on the uh, patreon page we have after hours episodes on there or after the episodes we just kind of sit around talk about whatever we've done a lot of movies lately video games still keep it browns when we can um basically anything we've been bringing patreon members on they've been videoing in and they've been kind of leading the episodes the last couple weeks and that's been a big hit so if that's something you're interested in join the dogs.com become an official dog pack member on the patreon page so like i said we kind of had a a busy week uh in sports considering you know there's only one game left uh and then there was nothing going on last week except yeah. for the pro bowl um but we, we one thing we had to talk about that definitely affects doesn't necessarily affect the browns but it brought the browns into the news when they didn't need to be was hugh jackson's comments on the browns after the word got out about brian flores suing the nfl i don't know i guess i was just kind of confused so was Hugh. So was Hugh. Yeah, I felt like when I heard it, I was like, "Oh man, like, like this does not look good. Oh, this is not the kind of news that the Browns need right now." And then, like, it was. Oh, I'm like, "Hey, wonder what the number really was." I mean, I wonder. I mean, Flores is saying a hundred thousand. Wonder what Hugh's getting. Well, there was any of that. No, uh, just I felt like he just backpedaled every well, time no, he got on I TV. Mean, Hugh did say he got some good coin out of it, right? And then, then what did he say? <laughs> so he told uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN that he right. got seven hundred fifty thousand oh. in bonuses to tank during his time in in Cleveland. I, I joked that he made more as a loser than as a coach. <laughs> if that was the case, I mean, he was probably balling out. Well, I don't know because now he's coming out and saying that he was never paid or even offered any money to tank. 
in Cleveland. So, well, that's different. It, here's uh, the whoa, thing. What's so going on here? That, uh, that is different. <laughs> it is a little different. Brian Flores is suing the NFL because he's saying clubs were giving him sham interviews and it was racist and stuff like that. Not talking about that. That's, you know, its own separate right. thing. Right. We're talking about Hugh and nothing, even when Hugh was saying he was paid to lose, had anything to do with racism. It was just Hugh trying to dog the Browns again and jump back into the spotlight again yep. and piggyback on it. This dude has never once like taken any kind of responsibility for how bad he was as a head coach in the NFL. I don't know if you guys saw Jimmy has him. Yeah. He said body that. bagged him. Yeah. What did he say? Exactly. He just basically said, uh, you know, that they never offered him money to lose. He said, he's never worked with anybody that he's tried to make more successful than Hugh Jackson. Uh, he said, after our team was dramatically improved, you went two five and one, and then Greg Williams went five and three with that same roster. Mm. Um, so said all the stuff that we, you know, in Browns fans were saying. And then he also went on to say, like Hugh Jackson's never taken any responsibility for this. He That's said, the you one know, thing I, I have. Yeah. He said, and rightfully so, as the owner, I've taken a ton of responsibility. And I think you can say whatever you want about Jimmy and D Haslam. They've not been afraid to admit that they've made mistakes. I mean, they'll move off somebody. They're, they're paying like 10 head coaches, I feel like, just to get the right guy in here and the right GM and stuff like that. Yeah. They've owned up to their mistakes. J Hugh Jackson has never – how can he preach accountability and taking responsibility and all – he is – I mean, he is such a stooge. He is a POS. <clears throat> I mean, hard knocks really, really opened my eyes to just how big of a phony that guy was. Yes. I he, mean, he was an actor. He was just trying to put on a show for everybody, for the cameras, for whatever the situation was. He, there was no authenticity whatsoever to him. It's no wonder the guys didn't respect him. Yeah. at all it's crazy to believe that at one point i was excited to get him as a coach yeah we all were right i mean i'm sure you were too i was excited first for anybody that's had a contract <laughs> to come to speed with well, us but if you remember when every we year to jackson yeah. he was the the big name right the high He's profile the next, offensive coach correct. innovator yeah. he went yes. eight and eight with the raiders even mm -hmm. though they were terrible yeah so that's why i wanted him so much i was like this guy but then, didn't he only get that one season or something in, yeah. in Oakland? That should have been a... Yeah, it should have been, like, been Well, a, yeah. he went eight and eight, and they still canned him after one year. We just kind of put it on, well, that's the Raiders being the Raiders. Maybe it was Hugh Jackson. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh -huh. I just, I hate that guy. Jeez. I hate that. We... <laughs> I hate him. He's, he's a piece of crap. And we, we watched him for his first two years... Every Browns fan will admit the goal in Cleveland was a hundred percent not to put the best team out there. We were not trying fair. to win a Super Bowl that those two years. Or that being game. said, he was made aware of that when he took the job. And then he has the balls to come out and say, I just didn't fully understand. Well, who's that on, dude? Who's that on? They didn't lie to you. They didn't try to trick you. They told you what was gonna happen. And then we stuck with you for those two years because everybody understood the plan. And then when we finally started infusing this team with talent, you still sucked. And then as soon as you left, penalties went down, everything got better, and we went five and three, and we're playing meaningful football in week 15, 14. Yeah. We had to trade Carlos Hyde just for him to play Nick Chubb. Yes, and don't forget – the the best draft pick he ever made and he told everybody trust me on this cody kessler's the guy i do remember that <laughs> thanks he's dude. accurate 
Accurate. Yeah. I remember right. all that was the right. thing. He's very, very accurate. Uh-huh. He, he can't throw more than 10 yards, though. Going back to, like you said, Hard Knocks, you could just tell. he. And I got the impression on, on Hard Knocks, too. Like, he kind of walked around like... His shit didn't stink. Uh, yeah. Everybody, you know what I mean? all, the entire coaching staff, I felt like, was kind of like, you had Todd Haley. Like, those are two personalities that should not be on the same coaching staff at all. But because there's two, like Hugh Jackson, was, and I just want to be like, bro, what have you done to act like this? <laughs> it's a very, very valid point. Yeah. He, I mean, that was like the worst thing, one of the worst things that ever happened to his career was well, letting hard knocks. And the thing is, like, he proved himself to be an absolute joke as a head coach while he was in Cleveland. And ever since he's left, he's done everything he's done like publicly has just reified that he is an absolute joke. But what's funny is when he came on to ESPN and did the the interview and stuff, people on Twitter were just light, like, <laughs> does yeah. Jackson understand what's actually going on here? Like, how does this pertain to anything? Well, how how did you find yourself back in the spotlight for this mm-hmm. when it doesn't pertain to this at all? So he definitely has never taken like you said, never taken blame. He's never accepted any accountability for the atrocity that he was in Cleveland as a head coach. And this seems like another me too move, not on the the racist part, but Mm -hmm. as the, I have an excuse for why I sucked as a head coach part. Mm -hmm. And I think that he saw Flores opening that door and said, Oh, me too. Yeah. I was paid too to tank this. That's what they did. Here's the difference is Brian Flores was allegedly offered money to tank. One, he didn't take it. Two, Brian Flores is a good football coach. It's you were terrible. Yeah. It is unbelievable. You, know, you yeah. were terrible. I, just one comment on that is Miami. What are you doing? I, know. I feel like Flores literally. I, I don't know. That shocked me. I don't Flores, get it. Flores, I thought was young, very young Tomlin good coach. Yeah. Good players coach. I mean, they great had an awful team. Supposedly players didn't like him. Really? That was a reason. That's part of the reason why they got rid of him. Who said that? They didn't like his. Uh, they didn't like his style. Uh, oh, maybe he was a phony too. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he had us fooled. I don't know. Yeah. He was just a little better at it than you. I don't. Well, the difference is they could not like his style, but he was winning games. Absolutely. So if you don't, so yeah. But that's all I'm going to talk about, Hugh, because he doesn't deserve our attention. But I feel like we had to touch on it, considering he brought he drugged the Browns into the news that they didn't need to be in this week. Yep. Just another Hugh Jackson move. Uh, so then that brings us on. Um, I think Josh was talking about this. The There's a Russell Wilson trade simulator. Again, this wasn't us. This was just something, you know, calm down, people. This is just something. Jo- oh, this uh, is the Josh season saw. of clickbait. You know, it's just <laughs> people just putting out stories because there's nothing to really write about. So I forget who it was. They did some sort of a trade simulator in the NFL. And this one was about Russell Wilson and. Uh, they had the Browns jumping into the mix. Uh, it, they they offered Baker plus the 2022 uh, 13th overall pick and the 2023 first round pick for Russell Wilson. Now, so in Baker the, and two firsts. Baker and two firsts for, for Russell. Russell. Now in the simulator, however they ran it, the Seahawks rejected the offer, and actually they rejected. I, I think they had eight offers in the simulator, and they rejected all eight and kept Russell. On the team, which is probably the smart move. I'm so, like, what was the, the point of the article? Kind of yeah. what I wondered, but the whole let's point, argue about it, guys. Here we go. The whole point of bringing it up was: is Baker and two first something you guys would be comfortable giving up if the Seahawks said we would take it? So all I'll say is: so the 2022 first round pick is probably going to be if you have Russell Wilson on your team with those pieces that that team has right now. I think that that the 23, dra- yeah. 
Yeah, I think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my fault, man. Yeah, that pick is very, very late in the first round. I would think. I can't see Russell Wilson joining them and then it getting worse. Like, I don't see us going, oh, man, we have a top five pick that we traded away. We're so stupid. You know, so I guess it depends on, you know, he's young. He's only 33. I think he's super talented. I mean, the guy is awesome. Um, I mean, I I would say he probably pulled the trigger on that. But I don't know if Seattle's doing that. According to the simulator, they're not. Yeah. But. And Russell doesn't <laughs> want to come to Cleveland anyway. Uh, right? I mean, I don't know if he said yes or no, but it, it, I haven't heard him list us as one of the teams. Right. That's what I mean. But well, other people keep linking us to him. So I don't know if, if that's I, just speculation. I think that's or just people in his camp. I think it's because he's a quarterback who has verbally said that he at some point wanted out of yeah. his current situation and the Browns are obviously looking to upgrade their situation somehow. Yeah. So would you consider him like a top fiver all day? Top I think five. He's, he's right. He's like Dude, right the in the mix is, of that. Coming, coming off this season, it's, it's I would say it's hard tough to, to call that. him the tough top five. He's yeah. easily top 10 easily. Yeah. I, that's fair. That's very fair. So, and at one point, the beginning of this year, uh, season he was wasn't he playing was this the year he was like front runner for MVP or something after the first month I think that was last year. last year and then he kind of fell off a cliff yeah the pro- part of the problem is that Seattle's system is archaic like Pete Carroll is a great coach but he's not very good offensively um, but uh, I would take Russell Wilson for that deal in a heartbeat I wouldn't even think about it I'd be like okay he's done what's there to think about I think we've got that Super Bowl window right now where a guy like, you know, a proven veteran quarterback like Russell Wilson could be that missing piece, man. Especially because I want a receiver in round one like Garrett Wilson. But if it means giving up that pick to get a Russell Wilson, there's going to be other really good receivers. We can either trade back up in late round one or get in early round two. And Russell's the kind of quarterback where if you get one of these like – you kind of journeyman wide receivers that kind of go from team to team, you know, every year in free agency, you can bring in one or two of those guys and Russell can connect with them pretty well. You see, mm-hmm. you see these guys like, I think one was like David Moore up in uh, Seattle with him, like had a couple big seasons or, you know, for him, big seasons. Right. But. Dude, Will Disley was a block yeah. tight end. He turned him into like a great receiving. Yeah. Tight great end. point. I mean, I, it, I guess it just depends on how much you think he elevates the team. And so if you don't really need that, I mean, it'd be nice to have that 13th pick. It'd be nice to get a Garrett Wilson. But if you think that Russell Wilson elevates everybody on the team. Yeah. Well, and again, like we always say, the draft picks are hit or miss. I mean, yeah. yes. just because you take a guy 13 doesn't mean he's going to play up to 13th overall pick oh, standards. I know. It's a crap shoot. Trust me, man. Been there. Justin Gilbert. <laughs> oh, keep going, man. <laughs> well, I don't know if we got yeah, time. Well, I, don't, I don't know if we got time for this We've on the show. We've done that episode. One was yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. But no. So, yeah. I'm on the record saying like the draft to me is if you can get proven talent now, I'd give I'd give up unknown potential all day for that. No yeah. no question. See Los Angeles Rams. Correct. They're about to play for the Super Bowl in five days. And they have no first round picks. Ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, that's something I would do. Then that brings us the the senior bowl was going on and it came out that the first team to talk to Kenny Pickett was the Browns. Now you can look at this as we're just doing our due diligence, or you can look at it as, you know, we're seriously considering, um, you know, looking into him and possibly taking him in the first round. I look at it as both. 
at this point in time in the in the off season, it's the Senior Bowl, man. I, I look at it as yep, doing due uh, due diligence, and if things pan out, you never know. You know, I, I'm sure no options are off the table for the Browns. Case only's got what one more year left on his contract, and then it's up. So I mean, to me, if you can take a shot at a guy, I don't. What's his projected like draft position? I I really don't know. I think it just a. Like as for I the longest seen, time you heard, there's going to be no quarterbacks taken, but we right, all know that's, that's a lie. not true. Yeah, but right. we all know that's a lie. There's going to be quarterbacks taken. Um, I think right now he's kind of like a top fifteen or top. I just don't know. I just en- don't know if we're doing all that, man. I just don't know enough about the guy to to know. I can't make. I can't yeah. tell you. I know that he was really good. It hit. Yeah, but I don't know. I didn't watch him ever play. I don't know. I saw the only thing I've ever seen him do was the play where he did this uh, fake slide. Oh yeah, <laughs> which I thought was BS, but it was sick. <laughs> well, I mean, if it counts, it counts. But yeah, so um, I like his athleticism. I don't even know how big he is. I don't know his. I don't know I anything he's, about. He's him. good. I think he's about six three, two twenty. I think he's a typical quarterback size. Okay, I but he think can, I he could can be move wrong a little bit. I mean, I think you at least got to take a look at him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know how the the draft process goes. That's why we haven't, you know, dive too deep in any of the prospects yet because we know. Things change so much. Oh, we're definitely God. we're going to be doing all of our mock drafts and oh. prospect evaluations throughout the offseason. So uh, plenty of time for that. We haven't even played the Super Bowl yet. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just if you're going to take a shot at a guy like that, you got to be pretty sure. Yeah, you got to be pretty sure, and then especially much. if you're going to take him be, in the first round. Right, next year, if, if you if you were to fall all the way and you took him in like the second and then you brought him in to compete with Baker yeah. and then he either takes it or you know and then it's no big deal, but if you take him at 13, you're, you're taking him to be the guy. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, you got to be careful. And that's uh, think about JOK. I mean, last year, you know, every mock draft we did, he was a first round pick. Yeah. I mean, we were picking at 27 last 27, right? 27 last yeah. year in our mock drafts and half the time we couldn't even get him if we wanted him because he was always gone and then we ended up getting him in real life at 52 or whatever. Wow. So yeah, yeah I just, things happen, but it's risky. Yeah. And I also heard then the Steelers like number one person. They wants that Malik Willis or whatever from Ooh. Liberty. Mm. Uh, that's what, that's the rumors I've heard. Interesting. Mm. So we'll see. I just would love it if they could miss on their quarter. Every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so obviously we got the Super Bowl coming up week off in the NFL this past weekend and it was the Pro Bowl and I feel I didn't even watch it did you guys watch it I didn't even watch no. it bro so I watched I just, some highlights I just wanted to it. touch on this why do why do we do this man it's it and I'm not saying I have the solution I understand why the players don't try and it's who nobody wants to end their career for a game that doesn't matter but there's no point in watching it. I love football. I will watch high school football, college football. I don't remember the last time I watched the Pro Bowl. It's because it's not a real game. It's not in any way, shape, or form a real game. And here's how little I actually care or pay attention to the Pro Bowl. I actually didn't think they were playing it anymore. Oh, dang. <laughs> I, had a friend on, I had a friend on Sunday ask me if I – he's like, hey, Pro Bowl's tonight, right? I said, no, I think it's just a skills challenge thing. I don't think they play the game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they do, dog. They, they do. still do it. I, I was shocked. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they do still play the game. Here's the thing is I watched a couple of the highlights. That's it. Uh, Miles Garrett had a pick six. And the, the linemen, they say – or set or whatever – 
and the linemen literally just stand up and like sit there and talk to each other. Basically, mm-hmm. nobody does anything. The game is essentially a walk through. They don't even need to wear pads. It would almost be better if they played flag. Mm. It is so it's embarrassing. Miles Garrett got this pick six because he was standing there shooting the crap with the guy supposed to be blocking him and somebody hit the ball to him and he caught it and ran it. <laughs> I mean, it was it was embarrassing. It's terrible. Um huh. and I, I the thing is I don't know what the fix is because you can't you know what the thing that makes football exciting is the physicality and the aggression and you you can't take that out of the game and it still be exciting. We just go watch soccer. And, uh, (laughs) and so, but nobody's going to take it that serious in a pro bowl in a game, especially a month after the season, they're like mid healing after a long season, nobody's going to take it that serious. Mm -mm. So I don't, I don't know what they do. I've heard things like the worst two teams should play and winner gets the number one pick, um, which is kind of cool, but say the quarterback on this team, what incentive would they have to get the number one pick? That's going to replace you. That's going to replace, you know, yeah. chances are you might get replaced unless it's a situation where the quarterback, somebody that, you know, is not one of your needs, but chances are, if you're picking that high up in the draft quarterback is at least on your radar. So like the lions, why would Jared Goff want to go out there and win a game that could potentially lead to the lions drafting his replacement? So how does the skills challenge thing work during the week then? Do you know anything about that? I used to watch, and they did, like, catches, one-handed catches. Yep. I know there's dodgeball and The now. diving catch. See, yeah. I, I mean, if, if, you, if they don't want to play football, which, like you said, I get it. It's a month after the season. It doesn't matter. Why are you going out there and risking, you know, your the, the beginning of next year's season if you hurt yourself? Well, couldn't they do some sort of, like, AFC versus NFC, like, skills challenge just – they do that, man. They it's do. just dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They got quarterbacks do accuracy. I yep. know they used to do distance throwing. I don't know if they still do that. I don't know. I know Jarvis Landry beat Lamar in the accuracy challenge a couple of years ago. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even think it's like really like going wrong. Like the game is important for the, I think it's just more about like the recognition. Like, I don't yeah. think any of them are going out there. It's just more about, Hey, you had a great season. And I'm, some guys, maybe that's like the pinnacle of their career. You know what I mean? Hey, made it to the Pro Bowl a few times, you know, like all Joe that Thomas. hard all that hard work paid off. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, seriously. For him, that was probably He's not gonna win a Super Bowl, so yeah. yeah. You know who took it serious was Sean Taylor. That's exactly who I was gonna say. There was only one guy. You know, remember that hit he put on that punter? Oh my god. Oh. It's one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Dude, imagine if you're the punter. You're Weren't like, we just bro, talking about that not that long ago? On like Xbox come, Live the other night. Okay. No, that wasn't me. <laughs> but, I, but we yeah, I think that was uh there was, was a text exchange. Uh, Sean Taylor. Could you wow. imagine like if you're that punter and you're like, dude, this game doesn't matter. Well, he chilled. Oh, it mattered to him, bro. <laughs> He that, that was, dude left body. Uh, he, yeah. His spirit left. He said, "I'm done." He looked like uh, when Doctor Strange hits somebody and like their yeah. self comes the out. Eco, That's what happened. Skeleton leaves. <laughs> That's what happened to that punter when Tom oh. Taylor hit him. You know, it's crazy. The punter gets up too, and he's just like, "Well, nice hit, bro." Yeah, <laughs> my God. Hopefully, uh, he's only in for this quarter. <laughs> so, speaking of the Pro Bowl, Alvin Kamara beat somebody almost to death, went out and played the Pro Bowl, and then afterwards got arrested. Talk about a weird thing. I mean, imagine just putting somebody in the hospital, like, on the way to playing in the Pro Bowl. 
and then getting arrested right after the game. And I heard a thing. He's looking at five years in prison. Really? Yeah. Man, if they just let him, uh, if they played the game for real, maybe he could take out his aggression in the field. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I guess there's pictures of the dude he beat up, and it doesn't look good. And I guess there's video evidence of him doing it, and it doesn't look good. And wow. It's just all around not looking good. Sean Payton got out at the right time. Yeah. Poor Dennis Sounds Allen. Like it. He doesn't have a quarterback or a running back now. Jeez. Good for my – I got Mark Ingram in fantasy. Thank God. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. I, so, I haven't seen the video. I did read about it, and they kind of said that, that him and this guy and, like, the entourage or whatever were standing waiting on an elevator, and it looks like he maybe said something to a chick that was with him, and then Kamara just laid him out. And then everybody else just, you know, curb stomped him up. But, I, like, my thing is I'm like, NFL – I I know Las Vegas is an awesome city. I love it, but it's not for everybody. Like, <laughs> we can't be hosting. We can't be hosting the Pro Bowl here. Like we, it's just like I'll be the first to say like great city, real fun. But it's probably a bad, well, and bad especially idea. like I'm going out there like especially for super rich. Yeah, I was saying I'm going out there like I'm I'm not just throwing thousands and thousands of dollars around and yeah. I'm throwing like ones and yeah. ones of dollars. I'm around. just throwing lots of dimes in there and just being like, another vodka and cranberry, please, yeah. please. Uh, yeah, that's so. Who know? Who knows? We'll keep an eye on that. But I mean, there's it. a real chance Alvin Kamara could be done in the NFL. It's crazy. That is that is nuts. Not something um, I would have envisioned happening. His career is crazy, yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy good, and I think it was on the upside. Still. So he we'll keep an eye on that, but again, if you're in a, in a dynasty league with Alvin Kamara <laughs> That's me. <laughs> you might want to be looking running back round one in the rookie. Maybe try to sucker trade somebody real quick. Yeah. Oh yeah, I heard he's gonna get out on bail and get to play next year. <laughs> Here you go. Uh so that takes us into obviously it's Super Bowl week. Um pretty exciting game, I think. It it has the potential to be to cap off what was arguably one of the more exciting football seasons ever. There's so much parody in the league this year, especially, I mean, the AFC, how many teams were still alive with two weeks to go? That was crazy. I mean, it, it was crazy. The playoff playoffs did not come together until week 17, basically. And then the playoffs were nuts. Outrageous. I don't think I've ever, have you guys ever seen a year with playoffs like this? No, almost best, every game came down to the, yeah. the last play, the last kick, the last touchdown, whatever. Best playoffs like of my lifetime. Yeah. Like it, watch every game was sensational. It, yeah. it was, and it was, it was awesome. I mean, the Niners had to like win out to get to the playoffs. Yeah. And then they almost, you know, then they shocked the Packers. I mean, the Rams, get Matthew Stafford they kind of start off hot dip a little bit and they come back um it's just one, one Tom Brady's team. retiring during the playoffs and yeah. talk, it just, this season had everything one team that honestly I keep forgetting about that did make the playoffs though wasn't the that was one of the not good games but the Eagles yeah with a quarterback that everybody was like nah, is this really the guy we don't know we don't know they still made the playoffs yeah that division sucks and bro. we didn't the Raiders Yep. The Raiders, the yeah. The Raiders lost their arguably arguably their number one receiver and their head coach. <laughs> yeah, like good two point. weeks yeah. of each other or something. Yep. Somehow made the playoffs. And there's people that don't want Derek Carr. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so uh just you know, we're not gonna talk a ton about the Super Bowl, but one, who are you pulling for? And then two, who do you think's gonna win? Uh Man, there's a little bit of Ohio in me that is pulling a little bit for the Bengals. I no. know you hate that. No. But 
No, I honestly, I don't think there's like a clear like clear team with either one of them wins. Like it's yeah. not bad. If Rams win, all we hear is ugh. Man, look I at want, Odell. I want the Rams to I know you do, dog. I, trust me. I know you do. I do not I want, know you do, bro. I do not want the Bengals. Why would we ever root for a division in-state rival? I'd be like rooting for, I mean, not even Cincinnati because Ohio State never plays them. We play these guys twice a year. Yeah, and we beat them twice a year, which is also awesome. I do not want them to win the Super Bowl. I do not want the Super Bowl to come out of our conference. That is, hurt. That is crazy to, me to even think that people would root for that. Uh, two, I think it'd be one super funny if the Rams win the Super Bowl and good. For, I like Matthew Stafford. I've liked him for pretty much his whole career. So I'm pulling for Matthew Stafford. Oh yeah. I, yep. Stafford's awesome. I, th- I think a Super Bowl here kind of, is it kind of cement hall of fame? Uh, I mean, I, I think that he was right there anyway. What's crazy is if he wins, I mean, he's not done. He's not that old. No, and I'm no, not saying but like saying he retires, like, but I'm saying like in, at this point, you kind of lock it in, then lock the rest of his career is just pile it, on. Yeah, yeah, no matter what happens, I think if, yeah, if he gets he gets one, his numbers are extremely solid. Yeah, I mean, he's been the quarterback for two of the greatest receiving seasons of all time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So maybe the quarterback has a little bit to do with it. Just a little. I mean, obviously, Megatron's really good. And Cooper yes. Cup's amazing. But Cooper Cup was... Really, 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 really good with Jared Goff. He's one of the best receivers of all time with Matthew Stafford. Yeah, those uh, early morning breakfast, man. Yeah. So uh, I'm picking the Rams to win. I think okay. it's going to be a good game. Uh, home field advantage, which is crazy. It's happened two years in a row now. <laughs> and I just, I, I like the Rams. I think Burrow has been able to overcome his bad line. But it's different when you're trying to do that against Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so th- those are different animals to try to run away from. So uh, that's what I'm going uh, Rams. Dog, I'm telling you, I think Cincinnati's going to do it. I really, I, I, and it hurts. I, there's something about Joe Burrow, man. He's just, he's a straight up savage winner. He is cold blooded, bro. <laughs> And like he's the second keep, best quarterback in this game, though. I, I just there's something something tells me it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game, and I I think Cincinnati pulls it out, man. I don't know how they're gonna pull it out. I That's, just I just have a, I have a feeling that they're gonna shock some people. They've been pulling out every game so yeah, far that and, they shouldn't win, and people aren't even putting them in the conversation. It's like Rams already won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I'm taking one, two. Uh, Joe Burrow is awesome. We just talked about how we think Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, I like the defense of the Rams more. Um, I like the coaching of the Rams more. Zach Taylor was awful before he got Joe Burrow, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend like all of a sudden he's amazing. He's got Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah, Joe Burrow's sweet. Sean McVay drug Jared Goff to a Super Bowl. So I'm taking Sean McVay in the coaching matchup. I just think there's a lot of things in favor for the Rams. Oh, I don't disagree with that. But you asked me who I think is going to win. I honestly do think I can see the Bengals pulling it. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's going to be a great game. Yeah. We're going to, it's going to suck. Whoever the winner is, we're going to be like, oh yeah. Pros and cons of both, man. Yeah. Not a lot of pros. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not a lot of pros, except no. the players. <laughs> yeah. Those are the only pros. Uh, well, lastly, before we get to the Mad Dog Awards, 
I do want to talk about the Cavs because even though we're a Cleveland Browns podcast, we're all diehard Cleveland fans for all their sports. And the Cavs, for the first time in my life, are good. Not just good, they're really good without LeBron James. There it is. It's okay. never happened in my life where LeBron wasn't on our team and we were good. We've only ever been good and relevant when LeBron's been on the team. This team, if you guys, I don't know if you guys got to watch them at all. They are legit. Awesome. Yep. We're third in the East right now, and we've been playing our last four, five, six games without our best player. Um, we were just down 20, 21 to the Pacers uh, in the second quarter the other night, and we end up winning that game. And at the end, we were up so much, we were clearing the bench. <laughs> and we were down 20-plus in the second wow. quarter. I didn't think we were going to hit double digits in the first quarter. We were 3 of 23 shooting the 3 at one yep. point. And I checked the game cast and it was like 24 to like seven. And I was like, Jesus, we are getting killed. And it was, I was texting a buddy and I was like, we're going to be okay because we were getting wide open looks and breaking them. We mm -hmm. couldn't make anything. Couldn't hit the ocean if we were in a boat. And I was like, and they were hitting everything. And I was like, eventually we're going to start hitting these shots and they're going to start missing. Yep. And Jetty Osmond was so bad for three quarters and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter him and kevin love just went insane jetty had 19 points or something in the in the fourth something crazy wow. he went off he couldn't miss kevin love is going to be six man of the year potentially he's turned back the clock he's amazing and then the biggest reason i wanted to talk about this was Cavs just made a huge trade yeah Bring in Karis LeVert from the Pacers. How crazy is it for him, by the way? We played the Pacers on Sunday. He walked into the arena as a member of the Pacers, and then the trade was executed, and he was a member of the Cavs, like, right before the game started. Like, he just needed to grab his duffel bag and walk, rock, walk I, the hallway. I read a, a tweet that Altman was on the phone with him while he was sitting in the locker room. And with then the, he was the Pacers. Yeah, and he was basically letting him know, hey, man, you're, you're going to be a member of the Cavs, you know. But yeah. Like, how weird does that feel? I mean, like, it's nuts. For anybody, Lavert, he averages, I think, 18.7 a game. Yep. He His last game for the Pacers, I think he put up 40-some. Wow. The dude can score, uh, which is exactly what the Cavs need another guy when Garland isn't available or is on the bench that can get his own shot and create. Because without Garland, our offense is it's very rough to watch at times without him because we don't really have – Rubio got hurt, Colin Sexton got hurt, and then Garland's been hurt. We don't really have anybody else. Rondo's, he had his best game against the Pacers, but he's been trying to figure it out, like how he fits into the team. Um, so getting this other score is crazy. And I also heard we're looking at Dennis Schroeder, which oh, would wow. be, which would be a crazy excellent. piece to mm -hmm. add to the second unit also. So this is arguably the deepest Cavs team I've seen in my lifetime. We were never this deep when we had LeBron. We just had our top three was so good. Like, I don't yeah. know how you felt too, man. I thought we were like at least two or three years out. Like, and I, and I say two or three years, but secretly I would tell people, I'd be like, Ten. we're never going to be good ever again. Listen, before like, the, I'm not kidding. Before the that. season, I was talking to somebody and I said, the Cavs are going to be terrible. Yeah. And I said, and I, the worst part about it is I feel like we have no sense of direction. We have no, I don't know what we're doing, what the plan is. And then we lost our first two games, and we, both by like 25. And yeah. I was like, uh -oh. here it goes. Yep. And then ever since then, it's just been something. Click. We got past 10 wins super quick, and I was like, uh-oh. This is good. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is crazy. Like, it, this, we didn't get this at all last year. I think we ended up finishing last year, what, with 15, 16 wins, something like that, maybe 18. It was sure. bad. 
We sucked. We were bad. And we, we sucked were, the year before that, and it was. We're only a half game out of first. I know, and we're and we're adding pieces to get better. And Cleveland's the kind of city that if you can get some home court, that place will be oh. absolutely rocking out. Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse is insane. Been, I want to go to a game that place on Sunday when we started. So we were losing by eight or 10 or something going into the fourth quarter. And we went on a 19 0 run to start the fourth in that place. And Kevin love like a 28 footer. And I thought the building was going to fall apart. Yeah, <laughs> it was the, if you haven't had a chance to watch the Cavs, start watching the Cavs. They are as advertised, uh, honestly have a legit shot to make a run at the one seed. Are we yep. going to go to the finals this year? Who knows? Who knows? But I'll tell you this. We just beat the crap out of the bucks a couple weeks ago. Um, and we're listen, we're still missing Lori Markinen, who was playing super well for the Cavs before he got hurt. And they had everybody but Lopez. <laughs> and we stomped them, ran them out the building. So Jarrett Allen's should be an all-star. He got snubbed yeah. twice. Evan Mobley has a chance to be like an all-timer. Darius Garland's amazing. Jetty sucks most of the time, but then every <laughs> once in a while he just turns it on. And then Kevin Love is He's kind of like the glue that brought this all together. And then J.B. Bickerstaff's probably going to be coach of the year. Hmm? So the, the Wild, Cleveland's going to have coach of the year in two of their major sports within three years of each other probably. It's a good time. It's good times. They are providing me with all the excitement that I thought the Browns were going to provide me with this year. Well, at least you're getting it somewhere. <laughs> yes. Well, don't worry. The Guardians are coming too. The Guardians uh, are the gateway. Give me a break. <laughs> I'll still watch it. Uh, I'll try to watch it, but I don't. Probably I won't know any of the players on the, the team. Game is boring, and yep. yeah. Did we? We didn't talk about the Commanders last week. That was after our episode, wasn't it? It was definitely afterwards, but was, like, that's a bad name. It's a very bad. I name. saw the logo thing, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Like the circle one, I was like, "That's sweet." All right, and then like, like where's the, the real logo? Yeah, then they like, <laughs> yeah, then they showed like the uniform, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, hmm." This wasn't vibing with it, right? They, this was people, our first episode. We would have been dogging them. Yeah, um, I've been, I've already seen some really Jesus. good memes about uh, it's like their players, but they superimposed Jane Silent Bob on their <laughs> faces. See that? Yes. Called them the uh, the blank commanders from Jane Silent Bob. <laughs> if you guys know what I mean, yes, uh, I do. Uh, it made me laugh super hard. Um, it is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's something to think about too because. I was going through the list of like pro sports teams or any sports teams, really. And if you've got three syllables or more in your name, it get like fans are going to shorten it. Like mm -hmm, they just yeah. are. And so they went with commanders. What, what was the plan? What's the fallback plan? What, what do you want people to the comes? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> You mean the comms, <laughs> but seriously, it's going to say with the W uh, WFTs. I like the WFTs. Hell, I like the WFTs more. I think I like the commanders. I like their jerseys a lot better. I don't know why they didn't go with red tails. I thought red tails would have been really sweet. Red tails. I, I liked, uh, of all the ones they gave out there, red wolves was okay. I was like, That's whatever cool. you got to go with. If you got a sweet logo with it. I mean, anything. Yeah. if you got sweet colors but and a sweet what, those, logo, you're cool. Those jerseys. Yeah. I, I'm like, that's what you picked. I'm not going to lie. If they would, uh, like if the Browns ever do something crazy like that, I'm like hoping it's like, what's that one movie with uh, Pacino? Uh, the any given, any given I hope it's like that, like some black and silver, like some New York nightmare type stuff from Blitz. So that's what I need. Commander sounds like one of the teams from the replacements. There you go. Yeah, that's yep. like yep. I'm expect. I said I Shane Falco is going to take the field for him this year. <laughs> Gene Hackman's going to be standing over on the sideline coaching. Uh, it that that was bad. 
Red Tail. I, to me, it was red, they should have won Red Tails. That yeah, was Red Tails was cool. The most. I thought it would have been sweet. Yep. Um, imagine being the person who took all this time to come up with this and this new design, and they were all excited, and they're probably telling their family, "I got to do this. Isn't this so cool?" <laughs> they picked my shit. Yeah, and then they release it, and the whole world hates you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's rough. And you're stuck with it. Oh yeah, yeah you, you can't, can't you bail can't, out you can't now. Bail now, you're, you're ten years. Yep. It's a ten year plan now. Maybe yep. ten years from now, you go. Hey, they're not going to change your name. They're going to be the commanders f- for the rest of our lives. Yeah. That's rough. Could have been the WLTs. <laughs> that, is, that is rough. Yeah, it's going to be. That's that's tough. Now they're the uh, WTFs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, man. they are. I like that. I'm glad the Browns. They had a. At least we didn't change our name. We had a, a uniform mishap when we went crazy. And we corrected it, and now I think the Browns have some of the best uniforms, especially considering we're brown and orange, which in my opinion, I love the Browns, but those are crap colors to have to work with. Tough to work with. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I feel like we have some really good uniforms now, so thank God for that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, I think it's about Mad Dog Awards, except for I think Josh has to tell us about how to deal with gambling. And- yeah, sponsoring oh. today's Mad Dog Awards. <laughs> Nah. So the moment we've all been waiting for since September, it's finally here. We got the Super Bowl on Sunday. So DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. If you bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. So DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning that you can now bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, Go download DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports app and uh, make some rosters, set some lineups for the Super Bowl, put some lineups in there where Joe Burr is your quarterback. Do one where Matt Stafford's your quarterback. You can do uh, the flex uh, lineups where you can have both the quarterbacks in there if you want to. It's awesome. Go go have fun with it. Build a bunch of lineups and win some money this weekend. Uh, new customers can get a free shot at a million dollars or $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code TPPN. Get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Not going to read all the other stuff. Just if you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Guys, don't don't get addicted, please. (laughs) Please. And if you're in Vegas, don't beat somebody up in an elevator. Yeah, probably want to avoid that situation, huh? All right. So, it's time for the 2022 it's time. Mad Dog Awards. We want to thank everybody who voted, took the time out of their day to vote for these people. The players, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is right up there with like getting their paycheck yep. is when we let them know that they got this award. They got the Pro Bowl nod, and then they also got uh, a, a Mad, Mad Dog, Dog Award. award. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't know which one's better. Yeah. Uh, it's so, a struggle. Yep. <laughs> so we want to, you know, the categories, we came up with these categories last year. It was a ton of fun. Um, we appreciate everybody who voted, and we're going to basically just dive right into this. Okay. Yep. Let me you know, straighten the jacket. There you go. Cool. Uh, so here we go. Yep. So the first category was Offensive Young Pup of the Year, which is Offensive Rookie. We didn't have great uh, choices this year as opposed to last year. Um, the nominations were Demetric Felton and Schwartz with 94% of the vote. Your offensive young pup of the year award goes to 
Demetric Felton. I'm shocked. Classic. I'm shocked. <laughs> Absolutely shocked. Yeah. Uh, of the two, which neither of them got a lot of run this year. Right. Uh, but Felton was definitely the one who flashed on the field. Schwartz is the one who, despite his speed, did not flash. I think uh, there's a lot of disappointment in the way Schwartz performed post week one. I think if we would have done this after week one, people would have been ready to crown him like the next Tyreek Hill. And then he just kind of fell off and he just didn't finish like any of his routes and rookie mistakes and stuff like that. But, yeah. um, congratulations to Felton. Hopefully you'll see more out of him. I think we will, especially cause I think like Jarvis and some of these guys are going to be gone. Um, so that's going to open up the door for him to get more opportunities. Yeah. And I'm not going to, you know, obviously I'm not closing the book on Anthony Schwartz. He was a third round pick. I'm hoping that an off season after, you know, he's got a full year experience mm-hmm. get an off season in there, you know, just, just come in ready to, to get better because yeah. uh, we're going to need him. Oh, absolutely. I, that, that receiver room's looking different. Yeah, and, and a third-round pick in last year's draft cannot just go to waste. I pray to God it does not go to waste. Now, those ones you got to hit. Yeah. You got to hit those. All right, am I up? You yeah, are you up. are. All right, so I have defensive young pup, which is going to be the defensive rookie. I'm, I'm curious about this one because this one had some real, some real candidates. Okay. Yeah. So we have JOK, we have Greg Newsom, and we have Tommy Tagai. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. And your winner with 83% of the votes. JOK. <laughs> you know, I had a feeling JOK was going to win that one, and rightfully so. So I went with Newsom. Mm-hmm. Um, JOK obviously deserves the award. I just like the way Newsom played, and yeah. it's tough to come in as a corner and play opposite a Pro Bowl corner so you know you're going to get picked on and hold your own. But JOK was – I mean, he was as advertised. I thought that was going to be a lot closer, actually. So did I. I, I did too. I was, I was kind of surprised how lopsided it really was. I think you're seeing that JOK is kind of a fan favorite by the way he plays the yeah. game, like his hair's on fire, running yeah. around hitting people. And people I only like look that. for that to – increase as his playing time increases and he gets better yeah and so we're just seeing of, a raw product right now yeah yep. that's the type of player we haven't really had in cleveland in a long time mm-hmm. uh, i think we said uh, tj ward might be the last guy we kind of remember being like that that hard hitting kind of all over the place kind of safety player which you know linebacker safety jok yeah. but i mean geez the sky is the limit for this kid yeah he's gonna be awesome stay healthy and continue to improve Mm-hmm. My God, he is he is awesome. All right. Category number three, we had the Airbud Golden Receiver Award. That is the best pass catcher of the year. So we do pass catcher. That way it's not limited just to wide receivers, which well, we saw why this year. <laughs> <laughs> Nominees were Donovan Peoples Jones, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, and Austin Hooper. And I'm gonna try to do all this at once here. I can. All right. So the winner with 50% of the vote was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Really? That's surprising. Who was second? Second. Actually, it was a tie. Jarvis and David Njoku tied with 25% each, meaning that Austin Hooper brought in zero votes. <laughs> I was surprised. I'm surprised that DPJ got so much of that love over and Joku led us in receiving mm-hmm. for most of the season. Um, DPJ, 
it's like I said, it's hard to evaluate our wide receivers when we got the quarterback play we did this year, but we all expected him to like go crazy. And then he kind of disappeared a lot this year. Uh, so that's kind of surprising. Um, but I, I thought that would be closer between Njoku and DPJ. And the fact that Jarvis got 25, that's just like a, that was like a, a lifetime achievement vote. <laughs> I mean, he didn't do anything this year, really. Not really. He was hurt a lot. Couldn't get the ball. Dropped a bunch of passes against the Steelers. I love Jarvis, but I didn't vote for Jarvis. Man, I didn't know this was a <laughs> slam Jarvis award. Jeez. I'm not slamming. I'm just, I was surprised. Slam dunking him. I was surprised he got 25% of the vote. That's all I'm saying. I think he got 25 because of lack of other options to vote for possibly but congratulations to dpj if a quarterback play improves we'll hopefully see him become more of a prominent figure in the passing game i think he gives us that luxury of having that big bodied possession receiver on the outside that we don't need to try to fill that gap in the draft we can go for a garrett wilson playmaking type of receiver you know what i mean because i think dpj can hold down that spot yeah, yeah. I, I agree he's gonna get better yep so that brings us to the guard dog award, which is best offensive lineman. Your nominees were Batonio, Teller, Treader, and Wills. This was won by Teller last year, I think overwhelmingly. Yes. Last year. This year, with 47% of the vote, your guard dog winner is Joel Batonio. I think this was a year. Wyatt Teller's obviously awesome, and he received 25% of the vote. Mm-hmm. But Joel Batonio was kind of on another level this year. Well, not only at guard, and then due to injury and COVID and stuff like that, he had to bump out and play tackle. Yeah. He didn't give up any pressures. He's super consistent. Playing for us. tackle, a position he doesn't even play. Yeah. Um, so Joel Batonio was amazing this year. Him and Teller were both pro bowlers. Uh, but I think Joel Batonio was either the top ranked guard or second great uh highest graded guard in the league so joel batonio he played extremely well this year yeah absolutely so good for joel gotta love our o-line yeah all right i'm up uh i have the homeward bound award which josh fill me in on this because i always come ex- <laughs> extremely prepared to the podcast yeah man that's so co- tell me what the homeward bounds all about comeback player of the year okay cool comeback player of the year <laughs> we have grant delpit greedy williams david njoku and tack and this our is, winner. Go ahead. This is a this will be a tight race, I think. With fifty three percent of the vote. It's Grant Delpit. Really? Yeah, so thirty three percent went to Greedy Williams, which I think that's what you're talking about being yep. tight between those two. I think they both had good bounce back years. This goes to show I think people like the kind of guys who play down in the box and they fly around and they hit people and stuff. So I yeah. think Delpit's another one of those guys who has a chance to be a fan favorite. Um, both of those guys came back. We were starting to think like, man, are these guys ever going to play football for the Browns? I'm actually, so I completely agree with what you're saying, but I'm surprised that chief didn't get more play. We literally, he was pretty much ran off the team for a moment. We thought he was getting traded. He was requesting mm-hmm. trades. Then it would be quiet for a little bit and then be more trade rumors. And I thought all he did was come to work and just handle business. I mean, not stellar numbers, but I mean, he held us down for a while. So I was surprised he didn't get more than 11%. Yeah. I think it was going to go with one of those defensive guys just because their impact they was felt so much yeah. and the the expectations were 
so high when we got them and then coming into this year they were so low because we Correct. didn't even know if they'd ever play for yep. us because they just mm -hmm. kept getting hurt and then the fact that they were both able to stay relatively healthy for most of the season we talked about greedy all year the kind yeah. of season he had he was just gutting it out out there sometimes laying it on the line and then delpit he really came on especially late he was playing really good football by the end of the year so yeah yes good to see good to see congrats to delpit yep. and then everybody on that because if you were nominated for that that means you last year business. was probably not great yep, it, right it means you improved a ton for this year so congrats to everybody on that list absolutely yep. all right uh i guess i'm doing blake's favorite category this year Unless you want to take it. No, you go ahead, man. You sure? Go ahead. This is the Dog Pound Dog Award. This is our unsung hero. So we had Dearness Johnson, MJ Stewart, Troy Hill, and Malik McDowell as your nominees. And the winner with 56% of the vote is Dearness Whatnot Johnson. Okay, good. The first two-time award winner <laughs> in that dog history. Yeah, Dearness Johnson couldn't be with us today. He actually is doing some other stuff at his house, but uh, you yeah, know. he was uh, painting. Yeah, he actually had more important things to do. Uh, but you know, so I'm actually a little disappointed in this. I love Dearness. Don't get me wrong, but to me, I voted for MJ Stewart for this, and this—that's who I wanted to win this year. How many? What percentage did he get? Uh, MJ was at 19. What Malik get? Because I thought Malik had a great Six. season until he got arrested. And, and what percent did uh, Dearness win with? 56. Man, I thought that MJ Stewart balled out for us this year time and time again. Looking at the stats, I was between MJ and Troy Hill, to be honest with you, just because I thought Troy Hill played very well this yeah. year. And even he had that real scary... Uh, in, uh, the injury, injury yeah, yeah, but it's still his. And his definition of unsung because he played, he had such a good year, but nobody's really talking about it. Exactly. Um, MJ Stewart, man, first of all, there were multiple games that he led us in tackles. Multiple games where he was the guy you noticed. We got JOK, Delpit, Ward, Miles Garrett, all these people out there, and you watch that game and you were like, who's MJ Stewart? Yeah, well, so that's he's, who, that's he's who a I great fill-in player for when we had those little injuries, guys missing the game here, game there, and mm -hmm. always MJ Stewart out there. But congratulations to Dearnest. Yep. Yes. Okay, most impressive dog trick. Oh, performance of the year. Performance. Okay. I thought that was best in show, or what? No, best in shows. MVP. MVP. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so you're. Nominees for this were Miles Garrett, uh, Dearness Johnson, Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward, JOK, and Njoku. Your winner for the most impressive dog trick, which is performance of the year, 42% of the vote, Miles Garrett. So that was week three against the Bears. The Browns won. Miles Garrett had four and a half sacks, seven tackles, and four tackles for loss. That was, I remember that game. He oh, was yeah. unblockable, yep. and it was almost like the perfect storm. They couldn't block him, and Justin Fields had no idea what to do with the football. Yep, correct. It was, His first start, it was, oh, yeah, it was beautiful. It was the it was perfect fun. storm, and then everything after that was... Not as cool. But <laughs> he did win the award, bro. <laughs> but that performance was awesome. I, 
Uh, I thought Ward would be a little higher with his performance against the mm-hmm. Bengals. He got 11%. Second place was Dearness. He almost won another award. Almost, uh, yeah. At 31% of the vote. So it was pretty close between Miles and Dearness. Uh, Chubb with 14% of the vote. JOK got 3%. Poor Njoku can't get any love from you guys. He had 0% of the vote. <laughs> it's, it's a crime. Yeah. Nominated for all these awards. It's a crime. Not, and he can't get any votes. So <laughs> congrats to Miles. I know we've given him a little bit of crap, but at the end of the day, you know, he's impressive. I'm so proud that he's a Cleveland Brown. Yes. All right. All right. I have uh, offensive top dog, which is offensive go. player of the year. Yep. Did you hear the question? Yeah. <laughs> In my voice. You're just going <clears> to. <throat> Your nominees are Nick Chubb, Treader, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, and TPJ. Your winner with 92% of the vote is. Nick Chubb, my dog. <laughs> so uh, shout out to the 3% who voted for Baker Mayfield. But uh, 92% to Nick Chubb. Mm. I think he was the obvious choice this year. Uh, yeah. Did what, Did you say if Baker got any votes? Yeah, 2%. Yeah, or 2%, 2% is that what it was? Yeah, who yeah. voted for Baker for <laughs> Offensive Player of the Year this year? He's got fans, man. <laughs> I don't know, but there's there's five people, five nominees, and uh, only three of them got votes. So Jar- Jarvis and DPJ both got zero. Yeah, no votes. No votes. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, this was Nick Chubb runaway, just like he does in the game. Correct. Gone. <laughs> Nick no, Chubb. no breakout speed, but yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Nick Chubb is the definition of a fan favorite for the yes. Browns. I think if you polled a hundred Browns fans. 95 of them would tell you that Nick Chubb's their favorite player. Absolutely. Yeah. Completely agree. And yep. he's just so consistent. I mean, and humble. missed some games this year, still over a thousand. Yep. Um, yep. The, he's just, he's awesome. He's reliable. That's yep. what you need. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have uh, two categories left. This one is the defensive top dog, defensive player of the year. So we had nominees, Miles Garrett, JOK, Denzel Ward, Jadavian Clowney, John Johnson the third and Anthony Walker. And the winner with 58% of the vote for defensive player of the year was Miles Garrett. So is he the second? He's the second two-time, uh, two-time winner. Mad Dog Award winner. <laughs> oh, wow. He also was not able to come here and uh, to accept his award. I think this was pretty obvious if you are if you watch the Browns. We could sit here and say we don't might not think Miles is like top three pass rusher, but he's clearly the Browns' best defensive player. We never said he's not a good defensive player. Yeah. Just for the, I guess, the elite status that a lot of people want to throw on him for being a number one overall pick, we just expect more. That's all. But he still broke the franchise record for sacks in a season. Um, Just looking for him to put it all. I mean, he starts every year like a bat out of hell. And then it's like we're just looking for him to put that whole 17 together. Because Mm -hmm. at one point this season, it was like, this guy might break the the sack record for the season. You know, and then he kind of tails off. So, but great another great season by Miles. He's just – and the thing about Miles is unless he gets COVID – he plays all the time. Yeah. Again, he's always he always plays. You can always depend on him to be there. Um, I think he made Clowney's life easier. So Clowney probably voted for Miles. Uh, so um, he didn't vote for Clowney. That's for sure. <laughs> no. So good for Miles. Well deserved. Um, and I'm happy that Miles is going to be on the Browns for you know hopefully the rest of his career. Yeah. 
So that brings us to what the last award, right? Yep, this is it. Best in show, team MVP. Your nominees were Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, JOK, and Anthony Walker. And some of you guys might be saying Anthony Walker, he led the team in tackles. Mm-hmm. Your winner with 58% of the vote, Nicholas Chubb. All right. Another two time winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he won a bunch of awards last year, probably, too. So he's, you know, uh, good. I think he's the first three time winner because he yeah. definitely won one last year. He definitely year. won something last year. Might yeah. Have won, oh, yeah. yeah. I think he was offensive player, player of the year because then MVP was Baker. Baker, yeah. but I mean, it was like the, the percents, I think Close. it was just like 1% off that Baker yes. beat Chubb in that, that award. Yeah. Um, again, one, Nick Chubb's a fan favorite. Two, you couldn't really pinpoint anybody other than Nick Chubb to be your MVP this year. There, there were times when nothing was working for the Browns except for Nick Chubb. Yep. Um, he had another great season. And if imagine if he doesn't miss a few games, what yeah. we're talking about. So he, you know, I'm glad he got his extension and almost on like a team friendly deal. This is why I don't think we can sit around and wait for a quarterback. This guy, we're, this guy's in his window. We need to ride him. To the promised land. This guy, this line, these key players that we now have on defense, we got to win now. Got to. Yep. I agree. I completely agree. Congratulations, Nicholas. I can't think of a more deserving person to be team MVP. Humble, quiet, just goes to work, yep. does his job. Everybody says he's the best teammate they've ever had. Um, he's a coach's dream. I'm happy he was MVP this year. Absolutely. Me too. And that concludes the second ever Mad Dog Awards. Appreciate everybody voting. It's a ton of fun for us. You see, we get into it. All of us except for Zach really get into it. Um, <laughs> I do my best Zach impression, but I don't know if I can get up and hide behind you quick enough. Uh, we, uh, you know, we busted out the sports coats. Um, you know, we just had a good time with it. We appreciate you guys voting. The more votes, the more fun it is. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Going into the next year, if you guys have any ideas for categories, let us know. Um, but once again, thanks for being here with us. Hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you guys like that, we talk about the Cavs a little bit, and that's something you're into, let us know. We'll start sprinkling it in more during this offseason because for the first time in this uh, podcast history, we have a team to care about the NBA. Yeah. So, And I'd love to talk about them. So if that's something you guys are interested in, let us know. I watch pretty much every single game, so hopefully I can – you know, provide some good content on that. I don't know if everybody else is. It's super hard to watch the Cavs because they're on Bally Sports now, mm-hmm. and Bally Sports is awful. You can only watch them if you have cable, but who has cable? You know, it's, they're not on any of the streaming services, I don't think. You know, I'm just lucky that I'm able to watch them. I know a backdoor way. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Hopefully I don't get arrested. Hopefully, like, no. Yeah, man, you just put that out there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you got to uh, keep that to yourself, man. So... Um, let us know if you guys want to talk Cavs. Um, let us know what you guys want to talk about in the off season. Uh, we plan on being here all year, uh, talking about draft, uh, combine, all that good stuff. Um, and again, thanks for voting for the Mad Dogs. If you guys are Dog Pack members, we will see you on the After Hours show. We're gonna have Kenny Mack coming on. He's the president of the Ottawa Browns backers up in Canada. Obviously, uh, he's gonna jump into the After Hours show with us. He's an awesome dude, super funny. So if that's the kind of thing you're interested in, join the Dogs.com. Uh, you get access to those episodes. To everybody else, we will see you guys next week after the Super Bowl. Go Rams! Thanks for.
for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast and become an official Dog Pack member and join the dogs.com. Oh, 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 oh